Today on the show, the hilarious, vibrant, gender-challenging star, Bretman Rock. This conversation is full of synergy as we have so many shared experiences, especially when it comes to spirituality. This is 4D with Demi Lovato. Hey, you like my shirt? I'm dead. I'm gagging. Thank you. Oh <laughs> you look God. so cute. Thank you. So do you. You always look so stunning. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Well, hi. Aloha. Aloha. Oh my God, this is so cool. Hi, Demi. Hi, I am so excited to talk to you because not only am I just a fan, I am, I'm a fan of what you put out, the content that you make, your style, your confidence, just everything about you. And, um, well, I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and whatever way you identify and um, just what you want people to know about you. All right. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Bretman Rock. I'm a singer, songwriter, actor, actress, athlete, activist, scientist on the motherfucking side. <laughs> um, I do a lot of things. Um, but if you want to find out more about me, everything that you need to know is at Bretman Rock. Um, I am also a non-binary, like Demi Lovato is. So, sure. but I go by, but I also go by all pronouns because I do know that I look like both. Um, I do, I do look like both, like a man and a woman sometimes. So, you guys can call me by whatever you see me as, but I am non-binary. You can use they them as well. Yes. And I'm so fucking nervous right now because I'm talking to Miss Le- Demi Lovato. Oh my god, so. you're so cute! Don't be nervous at all. By the way, I just wanted to tell you that um, I have been wanting to meet you for so long because I know that we have some mutual friends and they just speak so highly of you. And I also recently I watched your show. Yes. Um, Oh, my God. No, you did it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I watched it. And, you know, what was so fascinating to me is at first I was like, oh, this is going to be like a simple life. Like this is going to be. Paris and Nicole in the jungle is going to be hilarious. And then you took us on like an emotional and spiritual journey. And there was a depth to you that I don't think that, you know, just scrolling through your Instagram that I would have seen. And Mm -hmm. I was really, not only was I really appreciative of it, but I was like, I want to get to know that Bretman Rock because there's so much substance and depth there that, that was so appealing and so fascinating to me. What was that journey like for you in Hawaii? To be honest, I'm kind of on the same boat as you. Like I remembered like going in to the filming and like my first like meetings with them. I was like ready to kind of pull a like a Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton moment, like complain every second. <laughs> and then I, you know what I mean? And like not yes. want to do anything, but, um, When I got there, I was like, sis, this is literally your dream. Like, these are things that you used to dream about when you were a kid. Like, I've always wanted my own, like, kind of, like, reality show. People ask me, like, when did you know, like, when were you, like, a reality TV star? I'm like, girl, it was not since um, my TV show. I've been a reality star since I was eight years old. I remember when I first... The first time I moved to America, I went to Walmart. And you know how they have, like, cameras pointed at you when you enter? And you see yourself on TV. And I swear to God, I was on Big Brother that whole motherfucking time I was at Walmart. Like, I had my own confession. Like, I'd be having my own confessionals at Walmart. Like, these cabbages are looking at me fucking funny. You know what I mean? Like, so I've always lived my delusional 
fantasy of like reality TV. And so honestly, when I got into the jungle, I was like, they want reality. We got to give them reality. Like I love right. the jungle. I'm not going to pretend like I hate the jungle because I love nature. I grew up surrounded by like rice fields my whole life. I grew up like mm. eating bugs and like, like really all I know where to play is like the jungle. Like I, we would play like house house, which was, which would translate to like Baha'i Baha'i. Um, and so I was just like really channeling like my childhood stuff when I was filming that, like, this is your dream. You're literally being filmed like in the jungle. Like you, you gotta, you gotta give them what they want. You know, I feel like I'm talking forever, but yeah, no, it was such a spiritual awakening for me. And to be honest, I really connected more with um, my grandma who is, um, who really taught me everything that I know about um, energy and spirituality and mm. And that woman is really the reason why I identify as non-binary today. Um, because the way she would always introduce me to people, she would be like, this is my son. He's handsome and pretty. And like, she always reminded me that I could be both. And like, she put on, she put me in my first like drag makeup. And where did we go? Motherfucking church. So oh. I went to church with like a glam makeup. And like, I just... But like I was the baddest bitch there. I was cuter than all of the angel statues. Yes, I said it. And like, I remember like one time when we were at church, like all of these memories were just coming to me when I was in, in jungle. I remember just like one time when we were in church, I don't even know what the fuck the priest was talking about. My, but my grandma turns to me and she's like, sometimes the priest is wrong. And I'm like, bitch, I'm not even listening. So yeah. Wow. That was but, really profound. For, yeah. her, for her to say that. I have a huge, huge, huge connection to my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother was more in my life when I was younger. And so I have her tatted on my arm. Oh, right my here. God. Is this a Leo thing? Because I have my grandma, like something for my grandmas on my arm, too. And oh I have God. a Leo. And I have a Leo. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. I, if, I'm telling. For those that are listening. Arm. For those that are listening. I We both have lions, like, on our hands. <laughs> And and I and on the same hand we have something for our grandma. Wow! Well. Oh my god, that's so incredible. That's so <laughs> sick. I love that. I I really believe that we have a lot more in common than than I than I would have realized. Just like if I were to DM you on Instagram and be like, "Hey, I think you're dope," <laughs> which I think yeah. I've done. <laughs> But yeah, I also read one of your comments where you were like, "My friend and I want your kids," and I'm like. <laughs> Demi, I don't know what to reply to this, so I'm just gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. So me and my one of my my really really good friends, Bianca, we're just like obsessed with you. Everything that you do, everything you post, will like send pictures of you to each other and be like, "Did you see this? This was one fucking hilarious. Two, wow, this is so fabulous. Three, let's be friends with them." And so. We don't actually, I don't really want kids anymore, <laughs> but um, you're a beautiful person. And that was my way of telling you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, so wait, where did you grow up? I grew up in the Philippines and then I moved in Hawaii when I was eight years old. And so I just grew up in like a very islandy type of lifestyle, very simple and slow lifestyle. And I grew up in like such a beautiful state where like literally our fucking license plate is a fucking rainbow girl. I This state is like, I just grew up very accepted and like with my family and like my peers growing up. Like I was, I never felt like I was different or anything because, right. um, 
like especially in my culture like the word bakla which is gay it's it's we never see gay people as like a sin Mm -hmm. and even in hawaiian culture the their word for gay is mahu and they've always seen them as like healers and the third gender because they embodied both genders and i just was i was always taught that being gay is and or different really and queer is beautiful and it's something that i I don't want to say worshipped but it's something that should be like not even accepted but it's something that should just be revered Yes. And and I've learned actually a little bit about that. I've, I've, I know that growing up um, in the Philippines and the native Hawaiians, they believe in their culture. They both believe in two spirit. Yes. I'm a firm believer in we are all one, including the plants, including the animals, every being in this universe is one. And we bring different things to the table with our individualities, but you know, I grew up in Texas. There wasn't, and, and kind of in the suburbs of Texas, there wasn't really any nature around except for like cornfields. <laughs> but, <laughs> but other than that, it was like, I, there wasn't, there wasn't any talk, unfortunately, where I came from about gay people other than it was a sin and it was in, it wasn't right. something that was revered until, until I actually got into beauty pageants and the show business and my mom um my mom was the one that taught me like there's there's to to revere gay people and to really respect their opinion because they are more honest than anybody period <laughs> so, so yeah. i love that yeah that was beautiful i also think that like uh, sometimes people when they ask me about being non-binary i tell them there's a spiritual aspect to it that people don't always understand because we're so forced and programmed to look at somebody and identify them as what we see. We have both masculine and feminine energy inside of us Everybody. Everybody. Everyone. And I just like personally believe that when I came to a sense of feeling spiritually balanced and my divine feminine and my masculine side, that's when I was like, yeah, I'm (sighs) non-binary because- to me, it's a spiritual thing. It's not even necessarily wow. a gender thing. Yeah. I I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> I'm I, obsessed with you. I, I, I feel that. I really genuinely feel that because I feel like I am non-binary, not because of the gender thing. I'm non-binary because my spirit and my soul is just two different things. I have two souls in me and they're a man and a woman and I feed both of them equally. Like sometimes like my masculine side comes over me more and I go to the gym and sometimes my <laughs> feminine side is comes over me and I'm like full face of makeup. But ultimately they both live in me, you know? Yes. Yes, totally. Speaking of your masculine side, I found out something very interesting about you that your name Rock it yes. came from The Rock. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit more about that? I grew up with parents who loved sports, um, both my mom and dad. That's actually how they met. Um, my mom was like a volleyball player. And I believe my dad was like cool, like billiards and basketball. But they met through sports. And my dad was always obsessed with wrestling. And I was named after Brett the Hitman Hart, Bret Hart. And The Rock. And those were his two favorite, like, wrestlers. And I had just, like, 
I had recently just found out like a week ago that Bret Hart and The Rock were actually like super close because uh, of an interview with The Rock um, that he did. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy that like I was named after two people that were like best friends. And my dad just like happened to like love them. So in what ways do you think that you challenge that hyper-masculine name like The Rock? Because when I think of The Rock, I think of, not only do I think of a super sweet guy, he's so nice, but uh-huh. <laughs> but I think of, you know, he's always in the gym posting workout videos. I feel like that's where I maybe met him before is actually at the gym. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just That's the only way where you <laughs> exactly. at the gym. So in what ways do you challenge that hyper-masculine part of your name? Well, Brett, oh my God. First of all, what kind of mother carries a child for nine months, looks at him, and he looks like a Bretman Rock girl. <laughs> Anyways, that's a different story for my mom. But I'm like, do I look like a fucking Bretman Rock to you? I, I feel like I look like a Josh. Oh my God. I can see Josh. <laughs> right? Like what? Or like a Xander. But, yeah. But also, I feel like something... I, I also have to mention this before I answer your question. Like something... People always ask me, like, did you come up with Bretman Rock? I'm like, bitch, if I came up with my name, it would not be Bretman Rock. It would, <laughs> it'd be something. Right. It would be Brett Woman at least, but not <laughs> Bretman Rock, girl. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Um, but for me, because I grew up doing sports as well, I was in track. And so with my name being Bretman Rock, like, you would think, like, you know, like, they say your name before you run and like, you're waving. And I'm <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's so cool because like the the teleprompters are like and rock and he says it's so like um masculine i guess and rough and i'm and i'm like waving my hand like hey oh my god i'm obsessed but, but i guess the way that i challenged it is by like i would literally go to my track meets i did hurdles um in high school i would literally go to track meets with a white crop top and like my nipples all pierced with full face of makeup. And it was, I'm a walking fucking statement. Like I have the coolest name here, but I'm in a full face of makeup and I'm faster than most of y'all. So yes. how did I challenge it? I just challenged it by not giving a fuck. Oh uh, yeah. How old were you when you were doing that? I was six. I, well, I started track when I was like in fifth grade, but that I wasn't wearing makeup until high school, which, which is 15, 16. But also, do you realize how fucking brave that is? Like, I just want to give you kudos for owning your truth and stepping out onto a sports field where people are so, people can be so judgmental. I mean, competitive, competitiveness will make you judgmental whether you want to be or not. You look at that person, you're like, yeah, I'm going to beat them. No, I'm not going to beat them. They're way faster. You know, but you, you stepped out there owning your truth. And that's what, that's what makes me want to be friends with you. Personally, I didn't have the balls to do that at 16. Oh, my God. Yeah. I really didn't have um, the courage until much later in life. And so anytime I am, I'm able to see younger people really embrace themselves, it's just like it makes it fills a, a warm spot in my heart. That's like, oh, the, the work that we do is changing things and it's making it, it more it possible. Is. For for people like you, you know, yourself to step on a track field wearing full makeup and own themselves. I think it's amazing. That's so crazy that you said that because definitely like when I was 16, I was also making videos already at this time. 
And when I was 16, I really didn't think about it as I, I didn't think about it, to be honest. Like, I didn't think I was like making a statement or really doing any type of like movement until now that I'm 23, I'm seeing the kids that watched me grow up, like kind of like embody Bretman Rock on yes. themselves. They're at their track meets with full face of makeups and crop tops. They're making oh. beauty videos. And you know, when I was like 15, 16, the word influencer and seeing men in makeup was like, wasn't even a thing. Like the, I, I couldn't even complain about algorithm because I, the word <laughs> algorithm wasn't even a fucking thing yet. Like what, what's an algorithm? <laughs> exactly. That wasn't even a thing. Like I was literally filing my taxes, not knowing what to put as my job. I literally put like online entertainer. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? So I've been doing this since I was like 16 and it's so beautiful to see what my 16 year old self did for like, Yes. The kids that were watching me. And I'm just like, yes. whoa. And what's even cooler is those videos are still out there. I know? know. And so people, if they want to see your younger self being able to do that, they can. They can go find it. And I think that's so, so beautiful. You gave me full body chills when you said that. So fucking good on you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It, it, it's, 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 it's hard to like wrap your mind around stuff like that, huh? Right. It's because you don't think about it. Like I'm just being me. But to other people, they see it as like, wow, like he's doing it. Like I can. I never thought about it like that. Totally. What would you say to people who want to continue in the binary of what is male um, what is queer? Like, what would you, what would you say to those people who still want to put you in a box? I would say gender is an idea and it is not a motherfucking good idea. <laughs> Thank you. I always say you can just call me by what you see. If you see a man, he, if you see a sheep, she, if you're confused, they, them, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just don't want to give he and she any type of power over me. Like, that's oh, really it yes. for me. Like, it's not because I don't give a fuck. It's just because I don't give it power. Like, I just... Mm. There it is. That's what Call it is. Call me by what you see. Oh my God, you just blew my mind. Where do you get your fashion influences from and or inspiration? Like, because you are serving looks. I love this question because my dad, if you had just met my dad, you would have thought like, oh my God, he's gay. But he he wasn't. I had a very metrosexual dad. He had the longest hair, which is probably the reason why I'm growing out my hair today. Like oh, his hair was literally touching his asshole. He had the most beautiful hair. He had an array of skincare, like more skincare than my mom did. And so... My fashion sense is honestly comes from like my dad being so comfortable in his own skin as well. Like he was just this very masculine bro, but also like didn't give a fuck if he was wearing like my mom's like floral shirts all the time. Right. Like that's what I grew up in. And he also introduced me. He was also like a rock star. He, he thought it was, he was a fucking rock star <laughs> growing up. And so he, we just had so many pirated queen dvds of just like freddie mercury like singing and and like probably every fucking stop concert i don't know how he got all those dvds but we would just 
watch them. And that's all I could watch because when, where I grew up, it was always brownout, which is, um, I don't know why in America it's called blackout, but in the Philippines it's called brownout. We didn't have that much electricity, but when we did, um, the electricity that would work um, were like our DVD players. So that's where we could only play stuff. And so I just grew up watching so many like music videos from Queens and Kiss and um, Prince even. And so just, you know, and they were music videos. And so I saw what they were wearing and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And like, <laughs> those were like 70s, 80s icons, you know, and they were wearing like women's clothes, makeup, yeah. And I was like, what happened in the 30 years? Cause that was like celebrated in the seventies yes. and like, and then like now in like the two thousands, like, why can't I do that? Like what happened in our society, you know? And so I guess my fashion sense really just comes from like all of like these people that I watched, like, like growing up who were just like me, like that wore women's clothes. And like at the time, like I was a kid, so I didn't know if they were gay or not. So, yeah. but I just knew they were wearing women's clothes. because I know women's clothes when I see one. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I think a lot of my influences is with my style today is what I saw growing up and what my dad fed me growing up. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I have a special spot in my heart for my dad too, because um, my dad also thought he was, he didn't think he was a rock star, but he thought he was a race car driver. And mm. so. He, Delusions. <laughs> literally. And so I have a, a number three tattoo right here. P some people don't know, but it's actually uh, breaking news. It's a NASCAR tattoo. My dad was obsessed with Dale Earnhardt. And so. Um, yeah, that was, that was our number. So when he passed away, I got a number three tattooed on my arm. But, I love that. Yeah. I have a tattoo of my dad too. Let me show you. Yes. It's, it's his signature right here. It's like that little red oh, one next to my grandma. We have a, a lot, a lot in common. In common. It's yeah. I think it's the Leo energy. Yeah. It's the Leo maybe. energy. I also believe that our protective figures are with us at all times. Guardian angels. Oh, yes. I, I There's times where I feel like I genuinely see people as guardian angels. That's how I feel, too. Don't you feel like sometimes you meet people with no soul? Sometimes I think that I meet people who are so empty because they're so confused on who they're supposed to be. And I think I actually was one of those people for many years. And like I, I actually, I, I, I presented to have my shit together. I presented to the world that I was vulnerable and caring, but in my personal life, I had like cinder block walls built around me and anyone who tried to get close to me. And I still work to this day to try to not be that person and to continue to wear my heart on my sleeve. But yes, I totally get that. I feel like sometimes people have no souls, but it's it's coming from within. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or like maybe like a chakra is um, blocked. Maybe. I don't, yes. I don't. Sometimes it's not necessary like a soul, but sometimes you just genuinely feel like someone is not 
their soul is not present or like yeah. it's hard to connect to people or like even and you can really see it in people's eyes it, like I you know what I mean eyes are the I feel like the soul. yeah yes you know and I feel like only spiritual beings could really understand what we're talking about right yes, now. so yes. I'm sorry no, so I'm, I'm sorry if y'all don't have no idea what we're talking about but <laughs> it's just you. yeah I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> if you can't understand it's you it's you <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding I I I love meditating and I have a, a, like a sound bowl situation. So I just go outside and I have a copper pyramid that I meditate under yes. with all these crystals and I yes. tone my chakras as, you know, a couple times a week, several times a week, whatever I can do. Um, are there any practices that you practice mm-hmm. too? And I'd love to hear about them. Yes. So my grandma, um, trans, um, I'm trying to, translated into English, but she was basically an albolario, which kind of translate into like a witch doctor. She worked a lot Ooh. with herbs and she was a light worker and a growing healer. up, I, a healer. Um, and growing up, I would only see her work with the sun. Um, and so whenever she would put things out in the garden to dry, she always, she did not let the moon um, dry out anything. So, um, so watching that, I kind of just took that from her and she literally, this woman literally works, wakes up so early in the morning to catch the morning, the earliest morning sun, because we believe that it is the purest form of light. So cut to the chase. I do a lot of like light therapy work where, um, I wake up early in the morning. I catch the earliest sunrise and I just no phones. Sometimes I have crystals with me, but I just stare into the light with my eyes closed and um, at first, like five minutes, it's like super bright, but you get to a meditative state where like your vision is just black. And that is when I know I'm in my meditative state. And that's when I meditate and really try and talk to my higher self and my higher being or really just think of where I want to go in life, where I've been and really re- reflect. So that's one of my ways of like um, manifest, uh, not manifest, yes, manifesting, yeah. but also uh, meditating. Mm-hmm. But something that I've been practicing um, as well, which I don't recommend you guys doing in the wilderness, get your own rocks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like rock balancing meditation. Um, I'm sure you've seen like um, a lot, like those like figures where like they balance like rocks on yeah. top of each other. So that's actually a form of meditation um, where people just take like rocks um, varying in sizes and they stack them. And like, cause you are so focused on where um, the energy is on the rocks and wh- which side is heavier. You're like kind of just meditating, like stacking wow. the rocks on top of each other and like really finding that center of gravity. And so that is something that I am trying to teach myself to do. Um, cause I don't know. I just thought it was funny to yeah. learn how to rock meditate with my name being Bremen Rock. But <laughs> Yeah. Don't go out in the jungle doing it because sometimes I did do a research that it does cause erosions. I, I, I have my own. Wow. wow. <laughs> so I do it. That's so yeah. interesting. I have a question. Do you, have you ever tried uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I haven't. What you were saying about the rocks is in, when what I heard was you were focusing on the leverage. And the thing about Brazilian jiu-jitsu is it's all about leverage. So it's not even about like physical muscle strength. Like I'm sure if somebody really, really strong muscle to move, then they could get to you. But if you are, what's really nice about me being female assigned at birth and being five, three, like I'm not the toughest person in the world. So like if I 
if I were to throw a punch at somebody trying to rob me on the street, um, there's a there's only a, a certain percentage of a chance that it would knock them out. But if I right. were to use defense uh, techniques using jujitsu, I could use my hips in a in a way to leverage them and launch them over my shoulder, no matter how big they are, because it's all about technique and leverage. And I think it's so important for specifically female assigned at birth people to um, to know that just because of what all women have to deal with and you know with violence and things like that. But um, but I think it could be you're talking about it from balancing rocks as a meditate a form of meditation. I think that Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for me has been life saving. And also, I'm not one like I I know you love posting your workout videos and I watch them and I envy how much fun you're having. Because I'm like, that is just not me. But jujitsu, I could do for hours. This is new to me. I didn't know you do Brazilian jujitsu. What the heck? I just, I really actually think you would love it. I need to do it. Yeah. So This is my sign. This is my sign. Yeah. Yeah. It's the universe being like, Hey, and and I, I have nipple piercings too. If you just wear a bra or something to cover them up, you'll be fine. <laughs> or nothing. I want to or see nothing. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, I, I also want to speak really quickly about something that you said that was very important that I think it's so crazy to me that women has to do these things. There's these tank tops, they're white and they're called wife beaters and um, gearing into fashion. I really want to um, reclaim that wife beater tank top because I don't know why a tank top or like a clothing is so normalized like that. And I want to make my own like tank tops and call it like wife protectors because we shouldn't be beating up our wives, you know? We should be protecting them. And so I, that's, that's what I want to do in fashion is like, yes, yes, it's fucking non-binary. It's always been. But at the same time, like there's these like fashion terms that I'm just like, I don't agree with. Like, why is it so normal to call white tank tops wife beaters? Like, yeah. no. What happened to white tank top with the influence that you have and the platform you have? Like you're on the course to make a huge difference. And I'm so honored and so happy to have had you on this podcast to be able to talk about all of this because I just think that you bring such a positive energy, but also like that's a little gym that I'm going to use from now on. And when people ask me about it, I'm going to say Bretman Rock taught me that. <laughs> Demi, I am so glad I met this Demi. Yes. Yes, me too. You know. Me too. I feel like if we had connected when… I wanted to first connect with you. I just wouldn't have had this same spiritual connection. So the universe brings people together. When is right spirituality times. like something you're new to? Well, I feel like you, I've, I've always thought like you were kind of like a spiritual being. I don't know why I thought that, but I always thought you were like a spiritual being. Because you're intuitive, boo. You're, you're intuitive yeah. and you know, you know, viscerally, you can tell. I wasn't spirit. I was, oh, I grew up religious. And um, hence the cross on my hand. I grew up right. religious. I grew up as a Christian. And then as I got older um, and, you know, I, I went through different experiences in life. I had a near-death experience and things started to really change and shift for me um, because I realized that a lot of the beliefs that were forced onto me as a kid growing up in the South were actually more harmful to me 
as an adult and I needed to separate myself and find my own identity. So I started my journey, my spiritual journey in quarantine. That's when it really started to begin for me. And I'm so grateful that I had the downtime to be able to start that. Wow. It, I, I had to hide. I had to kind of hide my crystals on the back of my neck today because I, I didn't know how spiritual you were. Oh my gosh, honey. But I have like my stuff over here. I have oh. my citrine and my moldvite. But something I never took off since I was in high school and that it just gave me so much um, abundance. Is, oh my God. Ow. <laughs> um, ew. Okay. No free feet photos, <laughs> but... I have like this jade in here that stayed with me. It's I it's it's never left my ankle since I started um social media and like ever since I had it like like financial wise and even like following wise like every year it would like like increase and like double and like I always just like I just I just let the crystal take all the credit to be honest. Oh yeah. Oh that's beautiful. Yeah, I just, it just, if, if it, you know, people are always like, it's a rock. It doesn't have energy. But if, even if it's just a reminder for me to stay grounded, then yes. so be it. Yes, absolutely. So be it. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't think there's energy in it, then to me, it's just a reminder that, you know, yes. I came from fucking nothing. Yes. Period. And if you happen to lose it for some, for some reason, just know, cause I, lo- I recently lost one of my favorite crystals. And um, when I went back, you to didn't my- lose it. You did not lose it. Okay, exactly. That's what I said. I was like, I didn't lose it. It just needed to be in a different spot for someone else. Mm-hmm. And and who wherever it is now, that person needs it more, or that room, or that place. They, that, yes, that energy needs it more. So I named this podcast 4D with Demi Lovato. To me, you know, living in the third dimension is the dimension that we're in now, and. Um, I think that if we were to take it a step beyond that, what would that look like? And I fully believe that it is the dissolving of all boundaries between human connections, living our most authentic truth, and um, just trying, striving to be better people on this planet so that, you know, if we ever come into contact with beings from other places, we're not so different. Ah, that was so beautiful. Because when you said that, I it made me kind of think like, that sounds like my third dimension right now. I feel like I, Hawaii, in this island that I live in, like, it's such a melting pot of um, different types of cultures and people. And like, so I feel like I've always been immersed into like a multicultural um, place. Um, but on the same breath, like I know the world isn't. So, um, with that being said, I just feel like there's something to be learned about the term non-binary and, um, to live in the fourth dimension, I feel like we have to unlearn and erase a lot of things that we know today. And for one of those things, it could, we could start with gender. And if we just see people as energies and as divine creatures, as my grandma would say. And as, as it's so weird because the girl on TikTok also refers to people as divine creatures, as my grandma did. But if we just see people as divine creatures and energies and not by fucking vaginas and dicks, <laughs> yes. we, that, that, that is my fourth dimension to me. It's just really erasing gender 
and like like fuck everything that has to do with it like literally fourth dimension is really the word is progressive yeah it is a progressive world that's what i would say is i want kids it's it's a world where kids go to a toy store and there's no boy toys and girl toys there's just toys it's a world where i can go to the store and the clothes are not separated by men and women yeah you know what i mean so that's what fourth dimension is to me Ugh, I'm so obsessed with you. I just didn't think it would be more possible to fall more in love with you on my podcast than I already did. (laughs) Thank you. Of course. Thank you for doing this. I'm looking forward to getting in touch and talking more spiritual stuff and also just memes. I love sending memes. (laughs) Uh, I love you so much, Debbie. And I I really, really want to emphasize what I meant earlier when I said it's so nice to meet this Demi um, because I feel like everybody has an idea of who you are Mm -hmm. and who you should be. But Mm -hmm. I I just don't think who you are online is all that you are. And I'm so glad I met like this Demi. Oh and my I god. Love, I feel and I love the you. exact same way about you. And I love you too. Thank you, Bretman. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha. Please. Yes. <laughs> Bye, boo. Bye-bye. This has been a presentation of OBB Sound, SB Projects, and Cadence 13. 4G with Demi Lovato is hosted and executive produced by me, Demi Lovato. Executive produced by Michael D. Ratner. Scott Ratner, Elias Tanner, Scooter Braun, Scott Manson, James Shen, Jen McDaniels, Scott Marcus, Chris Corcoran. Produced by Grace Delia. Associate produced by Caitlin Plummer. Chloe Borenstein Lowey. Edited by S.R. Meredith. Danielle Bilyeu. Ryan Dayhoff. Mixed and mastered by Chris Basil. Production support from Arlen Konopaki. Kia Rigabi, Paige Himson, Sean Cherry, Serena Reagan. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. This has been a presentation of OBB Sound, SB Projects, and Cadence 13. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes available now on Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.